Hello, everybody. This is Stefan of the Superhouse Podcast, and I'm joined by my friend Mary. We're the only two currently who have seen uh, Blade Runner 2049, save for Joey, but he wasn't able to be on the main episode tonight. So Maddie and I wanted to do uh, a review post um, for everybody who's interested at all in our opinion about <laughs> this particular film. <laughs> um, so we're going to go ahead and take this film section by section, probably not quite as in-depth as that, but we're going to do as best we can to cover all the bases of Blade Runner 2049. Uh, go ahead and go ahead and take it, Maddie. All right. Uh, like Stefan said, we're going to review Blade Runner 2049. It was directed by Dennis Villa, Villanueva, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, it's produced yeah. by Ridley Scott, who did the original. This film has got Ryan Gosling, David Bautista, Robin Wright, uh, Harrison Ford's in this shit. Um, Edward James almost spoiler and Jared Leto. So like this cast is fucking top notch for this film. That's good. So I guess we'll just start this off like we normally do. Like Stefan, what is your, you've yeah. seen Blade Runner. Have you read the novel? Do Androids dream of electric um, Shame by Philip K. Dick? Uh -huh. Um. So I have listened to a bit of the audio book kind of recently, like the first couple chapters and just from remembering reminiscing on that a lot of the scenes in Kay's apartment and stuff and him with the his robot girlfriend spoiler his hologram girlfriend a lot of that stuff was kind of representative of that like home life kind of weird atmosphere that um do androids dream of electric sheep opens up with so i, I kind of felt a lot of that and that was really cool. I haven't read the entire book. I'd like to. I definitely need to be more read in Philip K. Dick for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the first movie. Um, I'm not sure what my favorite version is. The most current I've seen is the final cut. I've seen that quite a few times. Um, and I really like it. Um, I really like it all, all, all together. I love the ideas that Blade Runner the themes that it plays in, you know, existential themes and artificial intelligence, not even that, like going beyond like complete full on human replica ants, replicants, mm -hmm. if you will. Um, so it's, you know, it's an even more advanced kind of vision that I think um, we're, we're kind of accustomed to just in general. So that's why I feel like the first Blade Runner was pretty like, groundbreaking because it just you know more of an existential high what they say like high sci-fi kind of hard sci-fi kind of yeah. storytelling you know and and just like classic film yeah um i haven't read the book i have it it's on a shelf right now i can see it from uh where i'm sitting nice. um i plan to read it i wanted to read it before 2049 came out but you know, there's like it came out. I was trying to read that. Reading uh, takes long. It does. Uh, I'm. Uh, I enjoy the first movie a lot. I mean, I you know I've seen the final cut. I remember. I think I saw the director's cut when they premiered it on like TNT or TBS or one of those fucking channels back in the day. And I remember not understanding anything about it. Then as I got older, I was like, oh, I get, totally. I get this. And uh, to me, it was always whenever I watched uh, Ghost in the Shell the anime i kind of like thought about the two together because yeah. it's about you know you know kind of these these this ai or these robots that have gone bad yeah um, but not but like they're just trying to be their own person and it's more of like humanity being like yo you'll never be human kind of thing and like yeah. what is or a what, human what, what is a yeah, person what, yeah, yeah. and totally. uh, those are my I, favorite questions yeah, and I, I, like Stefan said, it's a great idea. It's a great concept to think about. I mean, especially today with like technology getting more and more advanced, and like you know, we have like little devices that we can just go, "Hey Siri, what's this?" And she tells us this information, and it's yeah. like you're like, "Oh, that's still like a, a a little device that sits down and can't move." But we're not far away from that thing moving, or you know, yeah. like you were talking about a hologram walking around a room, making us feel like we have a significant other, yeah. making us I'm feel down. like we have this this human life. So, I mean, that's the thing I really like about Blade Runner. Yeah. And the questions that it, it, it asks or makes you think about while you're watching it. Um, yeah. So that's a little catch up. So let's, let's get into it. Uh, Hell yeah. 
So, what were, so Stefan, what were your general thoughts? Like, did you love? Did you like this movie, or were you like, eh, it's not really for me. It's too slow, too fast, too yeah. fast. Um, my general thoughts was like solid. Coming out of the theater, I was like, huh, still processing a lot of of what I had just seen and piecing things together still mentally. But I was just like, this is like a good like a, a good sequel like watching these movies within the same week or even back to back i don't know how you do that it's like some dense kind of sci-fi right there but um but i think it was like a worthy sequel and it gave ryan gosling a lot to work with he was really compelling watching it throughout um and it made it really enjoyable the cinematography was incredible the visual ideas there like superbly on par with the original you know what i mean and they explored mm-hmm. a little bit of different design elements and dennis Villeneuve, they couldn't have picked a better director for this Agreed. movie like you know anybody else who would have done this it would have been a straight to netflix like you know <laughs> yeah s darko or american psycho 2 kind of shit like just sweep it under the rug for a while you know but you know and now i mean it was the atmosphere for it for me the, like the lighting it had this really melancholy kind of like bleakness and it was just so rich. Um, I really, I really enjoyed the whole movie pretty thoroughly. Yeah, I agree. I walked out of this just being like, fuck, that was incredible. Yeah. And I mean, I sat there for the Modern runtime classic. was two hours and 43 minutes and was yeah. captivated the entire time. Yeah, it actually, I knew it was long, but it didn't seem that long. That's great. No, like, I mean, I definitely was aware of, like, time, time, yeah. but, like, I was always filled with, like, some great visual or some great acting, and yeah. I think everyone was, like, on par here. Like, uh, you know, yeah. I was really nervous about Harrison Ford being in it because, like, I'm getting to the point now when I see sequels of movies, I don't need to see, like, rehashes of old people being in it. Yeah. Side tangent, I will say that I would not mind seeing Sigourney Weaver in one last Alien movie before she gets yeah. too old, but... Side point, like, I just, you know, like, I, if this was called Blade Runner 2049 didn't feature Harrison Ford, I'd have been fine with it. Yeah. Like, th- does Blade Runner keep going? Does this story? Yes, it will always keep going. There, In this world, there will always be new androids and AI and, you know, different. Yeah. But I think everything was uh, very well handled. I love this director, man. I am a fan. Yeah. I will watch everything he does. I think Arrival was one of the greatest, like a year ago, Arrival was my favorite yeah. sci-fi movie of the year. I, you know, I don't think oh, anyone yeah. did anything better. And uh, I was kind of, I wasn't nervous when he took it over. I was just more nervous that Ridley Scott had something to do with it. Because I think this director has such a vision for his films that you should yeah. just let him go. And I think like, uh, you know, I haven't read the book, but from what you said, it seems like he's kind of tackled a little bit of the book issues to, um, you know, you know, expanding on the film itself because I'm sure the film changed a lot yeah. of shit. Because um, yeah. Philip K. Dick doesn't write, from what I understand, doesn't write novels like the way the Blade Runner plays out. You know, it's not like right. Yeah. You know, they're not very like uh, structured. I guess like because yeah. I think a Man in the High Castle is very weird, a very w- weird read is what I've heard people say, comparative to the TV show. So. Um, but, you know, I thought it was great. I thought the music was fucking incredible, man. Like, all those fucking, like, tones that they hit. I was just like, this is unsettling. I thought all the, uh, I thought Ryan Gosling and I, you know, he's beautiful. He's a beautiful man to look at. And I don't care looking at him. But he's also a damn <laughs> fine actor. So, yeah. you know, I, I could watch him for days. And, you know. His eyes are really crooked. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Yeah. <laughs> but it gives him so much character. Like, yeah. You know, as it just—he's got such presence, man. He's such yeah. a, such an incredible actor. Anyway, continue. Oh, but yeah, I thought everyone's performance was great. I liked it. Uh, didn't mention this, but Mackenzie Phillips from *Halt and Catch Fire* was in it. Oh, I, I love her, man. I yeah. love her. For a split second, I thought it was um, Emily Blunt, and I yeah. was like, "Wait a minute, who is that?" Like, she was in um, Saint other... Piro. She, she was in like Martian. Martian. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she's in a lot, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, but she's great. I'm glad that she had a, a bit of a role that was more than I thought it was going to be. I have a crush. Yeah, but, uh, dude. I crush her so hard. Agreed. Anyway. It's, yeah, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah, but just a fucking great movie, man. Visually, just this guy, like, 
I know he's got the rights to Dune now, so I'm excited for a Dune yeah. movie. Oh my I think God. they, I think they've, I, read those I think they've tapped, yeah, I think they've tapped him for something else, but I can't remember that he's like, Star like Wars. One. Uh, dude, he would be a great for the third <laughs> one. Trippy ass fucking Star Wars. It'd be like a mind bending. You know, I was trying to think of something I'd like him to direct in the Star Wars universe, but yeah. you got to think of I, the Yoda movie. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch that shit, man. I need a Yoda movie. I need young Yoda, or or but, a standalone Vader movie. Give this dude a standalone Vader. All this uh, this robot like human back and forth. You know, he's kind of tackled it, but now you can. Uh, I don't know. That would be my vote. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think he could handle anything. With Hayden Christensen. Fucking have him go all Martin Sheen on it and shit. Let's recast Hayden Christensen as uh, Ryan Gosling playing young Vader. Yeah, that would be awesome. He's like, he's kind of the new Brando too. That like kind of brooding, like he kind of, you know. I feel like yeah. I feel like I feel like Brad Pitt kind of had that for a little while, but I think Ryan Gosling now has that kind of. I, I would I would compare the two. They like because I feel like yeah. Brad Pitt was doing a lot of weird stuff in the beginning. Like, yeah, he couldn't really find the niches like the leading man kind of stuff yet but like he yeah. was like in like 12 monkeys as a supporting actor and like he did seven yeah like and uh yeah i mean i don't know i love ryan gosling i've liked anything he's put his name on i was actually surprised he even signed up to do a sequel to blade runner because it seems like people have been like trying to get him to play dr strange and all these big roles and he's like nah. yeah i remember that yeah you're right and, I was, and when he was cast and like he was gonna be in blade runner i was like damn this script must have been dope because yeah. I feel like he reads stuff, and if he's not like super sold on it, the idea, yeah, definitely, he's not going to do it. So yeah, I don't think anybody who signed on this film would have done it if it wasn't like stellar. Yeah, you know, I mean, it felt I mean, so good. And yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I didn't even think Harrison Ford would come back for a Blade Runner movie. I mean, they barely got him yeah. back to play Han Solo. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I feel like he's into that now. He used to be like, kill my character off, please. But he was in an interview recently and um, he was like, it's a no brainer. You know, he was like, yeah, sure. Sign me up, whatever. Let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's just get out of the way. Let's do it. He's a he's a he's an interesting guy. I love Harrison Ford, his attitude toward things and stuff like that. Like, yeah, he's a funny dude. And 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 this character was anyway, go ahead. We got the format. Oh, no, that's fine. I mean, breaking I was the just... rails. I was going to say before we get into the things we really liked about it, because we're already headed that way. Sure thing. Sure sidestep thing. for a second. Was there anything that you just were like, why the fuck did they do that? I don't like this. Uh-huh. They should have done this differently. Um, nothing like that stood out too much to like cringe me. But one thing that kind of, but I thought they could have made clearer um, that the capabilities of the of Rachel to be able to have a child you know I felt like not like I got it but I felt like it was just a little I like I had to reach for it a little bit be like okay that that was the only part I felt like I had to suspend my disbelief like how does that work do they design the ovaries in there or you know they say Tyrell maybe they designed it specific they designed it specifically to be able to do that and it was kind of like a hush hush project but I just felt like maybe I missed something, but I felt like those dots didn't really connect. Super there's solid. A, there's a moment when Jared Leto's character, what's his name, Wallace? Yeah. Says that she, uh, Rachel was designed for him. And okay. this was all predestined. Okay. When I, I, I don't know if like uh, yeah, Wallace yeah. is an, uh, an all-seeing or all-knowing being because he's not. Yeah. I assume he's a replicant, but it's not very certain if he's all robot or half. Because right, I know he's yeah. I know he's blind, but um, we don't really get a lot of information about his character. The yeah. I mean, his motives are fairly clear. He wants to bridge that gap. The only yeah. reason I, I think Harrison Ford was a human because like Rachel obviously was not. She uh-huh. was a replicant. Uh-huh. So I, I I think the the whole bridge that Wallace wants to make is to make a a hybrid, a yeah. replicant human hybrid. Okay. Um, with like the benefits of like having the strength and the the smarts and right. the, or the intelligence of a replicant, and then you know what makes you human. Which yeah. I guess at this yeah. point, I guess all replicants are looking for a soul yeah, or someone. Right. Which was and, which was amazing. You know, actually, I may have just missed something because I got it after a while, but then I felt like mm, that felt kind of like rushed or just kind of like here's this thing here's to believe it but maybe i missed that little bit about wallace and everything um and we'll get to why later (laughs) yeah but yeah i mean 
I get that. I get I get your like grievances with that. I, I don't yeah. think it's really like for I don't think it's really force fed, but I did like that yeah. some things were cleared up. Like it wasn't like I like that I know Deckard is a human now because I always yeah. believed he was at the end of the movie. But then like yeah. when people start speculating, you're like, well, he could be a replicant. Yeah. Which is and cool because with sorry to interrupt, but which is cool because with Ryan Gosling, they kind of jump right into that. And, yeah, he's a replicant, you know. And and yeah, it's like it's like De- the Deckard we haven't seen, you know, after the first, you know, is kind of embodied in Ryan Gosling's character and this like confusion of like, and nobody plays that better than Ryan Gosling. <laughs> oh, dude. Um, I, I'd say my only grievance was I didn't. I like Jared Leto in his role, like coming back from his, in my opinion, terrible Joker performance. Um, I thought his Wallace was very uh, unnerving. Like I was just very nervous yeah. when I, when he came on screen, cause I didn't know his motives. And I think my only beef was I wanted more. I wanted to know more about him and how was he the villain or is he just trying to, you know, make a race of replicants that are better than humans. And like with all like kind of villains, they're always, they, you know, what they think is right doesn't, yeah. you know, isn't, could not be right. But I didn't, I, I wish I, we would have gotten a little more with him because like, yeah, me I mean, it seems like they kind of set it up for maybe we'll make a third Blade Runner film, which just to say right now, I'm not opposed to, you know, the way this one ends, I wouldn't mind seeing the continuation of this story. Cause yeah. I think what the director and the writers did is set it up for something compelling to make a third film. Um, you know, yeah, I wonder trilogy. Everybody's all about that trilogy. You got to have your big trilogies. Yeah, I mean, I don't even like you know. I would even wait a couple of, like you know, if we had to wait another like Decades. five, six, seven, you know, ten years for another yeah. Blade Runner. Like I don't cool. need it right away, but I we think they one, let, when we're pushing well, old age and we're feeling like we're about to expire or be retired, then you know you can play on themes of <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> when we're sixty, you know. But I think that's the only thing that bugged me. Like I was like, I had a lot of questions throughout the film that I was like, yeah. well, I hope they answered these. And I yeah. feel like most of them were answered as much as Blade Runner answers questions, because even yeah. in the original, it's like, you know, we leave that movie off not knowing what the main character is, if he's human or a replicant, you know, so, yeah. um, or what happens to him and Rachel, what they go on to do, which is answered in this film. So it's, I get that they would leave questions to, you know, yeah to answer later yeah. on but yeah honestly i don't think anything really bugged me at all or or something that i thought was regrettable or missed opportunity or anything i think it was like i said really solid yeah i thought it was a pretty tight film for the most like I, yeah i don't really i, I mean as long as it is they didn't like meander i feel like the only scenes that kind of meandered were the jared leto scenes and i think that may be why i missed that particular line of dialogue mm-hmm. um but there was something real there where he it's he's un, it's uncomfortable he made me so uncomfortable his scenes made me so mm-hmm. uncomfortable and i mean just thinking about it that's probably a testament to his acting ability and you know the filmmaker's ability to convey that because i was i was so just like when he's like touching the skin of that replicant after she's born yeah. out of that bag and the way he's touching her and stuff like that, it was just so unnerving. And that jelly that's all around her. I was like, this is gross. Like I can't, I, you know, I don't really get grossed out like that, but it was just like you said, it was just like um, unnerving, you know? Yeah. I mean, Kinda, he's, yeah. he's a really good, good villain if that's what he's supposed to be, but it's yeah. like, um, so we'll just go ahead and get into, sure. um, like stuff that we liked and just, you know, we're just going to talk about everything about this film. And I just want to, I just want to talk about a line since we just got off of the Jared Leto thing. Yeah. There's this line between him and Harrison Ford. And when Harrison Ford leans in and goes, you've never had kid, never had a kid, have you or kids. Uh And Jared Leto's character says, I have, I've had millions. And I think that says two different things about someone who creates beings and someone who, helps create a being totally um because yeah it like to make one child i can't imagine what that's like i've never done it yeah but that love has got to be you know you would go beyond singular because it's you know that's where the idea of the soul kind of comes in with these robots and and yeah and it kind of plays on the themes of being like this um what do they call it like a godlike 
creator or whatever like this um jared leto yeah. you know he doesn't really reside with these beings so much as he look he oversees them um yeah. whereas harrison ford like or deckard had to leave his child in order to save her you know what i mean it's like that's the de definition of that human love between him and his family and and you know because jared leto doesn't love these machines we see that when he's like manhandling slices that one open yeah, yeah no yeah. i mean good point yeah i thought that scene was so great because like you said jared leto is character wallace is this godlike being who's a creator and it's once you've created so many and destroyed so many you forget what it's like to create your first one yeah you can just take them out actually if i can interject for a second there's a really yeah. great mark twain story that i'm reading called the mysterious stranger um where these kids spend the afternoon with satan and he kind of talks about these kind of things about being a creator being you don't really see humans as being very very consequential because you can just stamp them out and make new ones you know yeah. so a lot of these themes are kind of coming up um the mysterious stranger mark twain really great story he never finished it and there's like a small animated version from the adventures of mark twain i'll post it to the super house thing it's creepy as fuck and it's really cool kind of what cool. we're talking about back to blade runner <laughs> yeah i just i thought that was a really great line that kind of sums up the thoughts of what i think blade runner and like philip k dick i think is like getting to the essence of humanity and so like i at that point i think wallace is a, yeah. is, a is an android or you know a robot yeah. just Has because that, dis he, that distance emotional distance i i love it because it's like when that scene ends because he said i have millions they kind of go back to harrison ford and he's won that conversation yeah and, you know and a little look yeah. and i don't know if that's intentional totally. but it's what i gathered from it it's like because he'll never understand like here like because after that they're like we're going to take you off world and we're yeah. going to show you pain and harrison ford's face is just like i will never knowing deckard the way i know deckard from blade runner one to this film yeah he's not going to give up that information he will die before he gives up his child yeah. even if he had any information or like the yeah. little information he does have which is basically that resistance group yeah that that but, moment that you're talking about with jared little that smile and that millions or whatever it's like it's just a testament to how big the probably the biggest missed opportunity in the whole world was his joker yeah no you i mean <laughs> I mean, not that <laughs> I want to bring it back to that, but you got to see a little bit of that in there, you know, the charisma really that was lacking. Yeah. But anyway, no, I mean, I agree. I think Jared Leto, like, you know, despite how you feel about him as people and what he does outside, but he's a solid actor. And yeah. uh, I, I think that whole Joker was a missed opportunity. I really wish they'd give him another chance and yeah. another film. Like, I, I think it'd be fine for Matt Reeves to take him on and just be like, do the standalone film, but have Jared Leto come in as the Joker. Yeah. You know, and like do a different take on him, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, comic books do that shit all the time, man. Like, I don't know why we can't suspend disbelief they, to let it happen. They, in a they need that scene in a new Batman movie where Batman goes to like confer with the Joker about something that's beyond, you know what I mean? Like he goes yeah. to see him in Arkham and they have this whole exchange because that's really what people are getting to batman and joker about is their their the duality of their characters and like the coexistence and their their differing you know it's it's just it's like um i forget what's that story where ingmar bergman no who is it he plays death and they play chess or whatever yeah it's ingmar bergman the seven seal yeah. seven seal that's oh god i couldn't think of it but it's basically like seven seal you know with those two yeah. where, you're, where you're, there's this back and forth well what the hell you think that and that and that theme kind of goes with the gods playing with the lives of men kind of idea and so anyway that was a whole <laughs> different glob of ideas but yeah but this film really got it thought provoking lately that's my new um hard on is things that are thought provoking <laughs> yeah always you know but this movie really like nailed it in a lot of different ways anyway i mean it's weird because you watch like you go see sci-fi films and i was reading some comments about like I don't think it was this film. I don't remember, but it's like, you know, someone was complaining about it and it's like, Oh, well, this is what sci-fi films are supposed to do. They're supposed to make you think about things to come. Yeah. You know, like what if relative fiction. Yeah. And I think this film does it. And I, it, honestly, I think we're so close to it. It's not even speculative at this point, you know, yeah, like a lot of it, things that happen in this movie yeah. are just like, 
I doubt we'll be hunting. I mean, who knows? We might be hunting like robots at some point, but I don't think that's anytime soon. But like having holographic women in your your house or men or, you know, anything yeah. like that yeah. whole like, you know, living in these high rises that have millions of people in them. Yeah. You know, I don't think we're too far off from that well, kind film, of. This film really makes a point to illustrate how close we are kind of seemingly to this type of life. You know, the way like. Mm -hmm. You know, old girl um, Joy is like Alexa, and we're just now scratching the surface. So strange, you know. They have these two mm -hmm. things that are paralleling themselves, but you know, we have these like Google Home and whatever, and we're beginning to talk to machines, and we're beginning mm -hmm. to like. And I love that this movie pushed it further and was like, these these emotional machines need machines to cope with their emotions. Like, oh my god, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of really cool like things that they yeah. talk about. Uh, yeah, I just honestly, this movie, I walked out and was like, that was fucking incredible. Like, yeah. I'm glad this movie exists. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like, that movie's just great. I loved everything about it. Um, so, Stefan, was there like a favorite scene, favorite moment that you were like, dude, this shit, this, um, this looks beautiful? Or, you know, yeah. you just like the conversation? I mean, we did just talk about that, but yeah. anything else I, that stands out? Uh, you know, like among, first of all, Roger Deakins was the director of photography on this film. In my mm -hmm. opinion, the greatest of our generation, my generation. I don't know how you'd say his generation. Yeah. Um, I, Roger Deakins is a shit. He's done every great Coen Brothers movie. He's done a ton of other great movies. Anyway. Mm -hmm. The cinematography in this film is really amazing. One part that really sticks out, there's so much that happened in this film, but visually when they first get to Vegas, right? It's like yeah. the wasteland of Vegas yeah. that, you know, like throughout the whole movie, you have like a lot of these cool dark colors, whites and blues and purples and neon light and stuff. You get that Los Angeles acid rain kind of feel. But then you go into this a whole other like desert landscape that's just as polluted and irradiated and stuff. And you see these like monolithic buildings. And as it's progressed over the last 50 years, only to be this like dead hulking mass. I was like, I really love this amidst mm -hmm. so much more. Like it's really hard to pick like a real favorite part. I love the beginning with Batista. Oh, uh, yeah. He's a badass. I like how big he was. You know, and they illustrated, they talk about like it was like Rutger Howard was Rutger Howard was pretty big ish yeah. in stature compared to Harrison Ford and the original so it's cool to be like you know these guys probably like mind asteroids and shit and they're just trying to live like what small idea of life that they have you know and then and it's being stripped away from them and you know he was massive but you have this little guy fucking Ryan Gosling or Kay who's just as strong but he's like a sleeker model he's the new fucking sexy new iPhone you know beating the shit out of Batista and like taking him out. And it was just like the beginning was just so like impactful. Um, and yeah, but I think like my favorite moments, just the, the first cut into Vegas and the music, I love the music so much. It's haunting, you know, and oh, it didn't, yeah. it didn't, it didn't try and like, stand on the laurels of the original by replicating any of the themes too mm -hmm. much kind of did its own thing and i like how you had that atari kind of shot and stuff like that because it yeah. looks a lot like tron legacy uh -huh. you know like tron legacy is a beautiful movie but it's not worth fucking <laughs> i, I rewatched it recently not not that good story-wise it's just nothingness it's a bunch of fluff it's popcorn yeah. all the way but blade runner is just like here's a bunch of things to think about here's a bunch of things to look at you know and it's just like yeah that the and the, ah, just so much i love the little drones and stuff anyway. yeah <laughs> how about you uh i mean i love the the uh i mean they always talk about this blackout and i assume that yeah. vegas uh there was some kind of it was supposed to be radioactive but isn't any longer or it's very low radiation yeah at this point this is where ryan gosling's character k goes to find deckard and uh mm -hmm. um you know uh, i thought just that whole like i mean because the whole time you're watching this movie it's fucking raining yeah. Or it's like you said, very gray where he goes and fights Sapper, which is Dave Batista's character. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you get here, it's just this wasteland, just like mm -hmm. what you think from nuclear fallout in a wasteland. And, uh, 
I think every shot with the statues and just like the Sin yeah. City kind of yes. laid waste, <laughs> you know, is great. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's great. The hotel that uh, Deckard resides in is great. Um, yeah. uh, also, I thought the beginning was good. I liked it. I thought Dave Bautista, Bautista, because you get accustomed to watching movies and just like seeing these stars from other movies being in them. And you're yeah. like, oh, they're not going to play a big part, but. And I thought that's what Dave Bautista's character was going to be. It's just going to be a throwback to like um, Blade Runner one, like this little guy fighting this bigger dude because this is his job. But like every good movie, it all ties together. And that's what I think is brilliant about this movie. Like there's no wasted time. Everything is there for a reason to show you something new to, to further the story, not to just, I mean, it's visually stunning, but all those visuals are there for a reason. They set moods, they set tones. That's why the music's there. That's why you're getting certain images. Yeah. And like the one of the most iconic images I think from this film is going to be the tall like billboard ad lady who talks to yeah. Kay at the very end. And when you see yeah. that, you know, he kind of fall fell into this whole like, uh, you know, daily life of like getting this joy character that's going to bring you like sex and like the home life you want and blah blah right. blah, and I don't know. Like, I just, uh, I feel like I had another point. Oh, I was going to say to your point to Atari showing up and like this longevity of like stuff that might be dead now, like people talk about Atari, but it's not a, it's not relevant. So in this future, Atari is a relevant company again, which I thought was great. And the car he's driving is a Peugeot, which is also a bicycle company. And I thought that was, and and, you know, if you're into bike culture at all, bicycle culture, Peugeot was a bicycle company first. They do make cars, yeah, and especially since and he was I driving like, around. He was driving around like an older model that wasn't like it was kind of clunky at times yeah. too, com- compared to Wallace's vehicles. Yeah, and I, I just liked that. Like there was no Ford, there was no Chevy. It was Peugeot, and I was like, yeah. "This is a great okay. culmination of cultures, in my opinion, to this like yeah. new ca- this new LA, new California, whatever this world is we're in." But yeah, you know, I, dude, I just. I felt like every decision made in this movie was a great decision. Whereas, you know, yeah. uh, and maybe it's as long as the original Blade Runner I didn't compared to like to... Alien Covenant or something of the same oh. kind of like cultural impact and and yeah, the same I mean, really. And if this is a testament to anything, is that like, oh, like I'm not saying that every older director needs to stop making movies, but you need to stop having such a hand in the movie because look what happens when you let someone younger who grew up with something or like yeah. loves the source material. Quit, quit trying to like appeal to the younger generation so much as just make the films you make. I, I think the thing is you have to pass these, these films on these, there are new ideas yeah. that people have. Like, I, I think the biggest disservice we have, we will ever get is that no blonde camp never made an alien movie. Yeah. For I, sure. I, you know, and if that's because of Ridley Scott, that makes me mad. I'm glad that Ridley Scott gave over the reins of Blade Runner, though, because yeah. this fucking fabulous movie compared. Like, it you can compare been Alien been. Covenant to Blade Runner. Yeah. yeah, I know they're two different films, but, like, you have a guy who, who directed the first Alien film. Yeah. Now yeah. doing Alien movies, yeah. and they haven't been good. And then you have him handing over the reins to someone who grew up yeah. watching Blade Runner, loving Blade Runner, running, loving sci-fi, making a fucking, in my opinion, incredible fucking movie. I actually, yeah. I'll say the it, I enjoy Blade Runner, this Blade Runner more than I enjoy the original. Yeah, yeah, and, I like. I think they both stand pretty tall together. No, I, I like. Yeah. I was telling uh, Johnson, who you know is a regular Superhouse contributor that I think it's what you do with a sequel. You take the source material, you have little hints of it in your sequel, yeah. but you expand on that, that, that yeah. folklore or that, you know, yeah. uh, the plot or character development, you just expand yeah. on it. And, and, and they didn't wider universe. Yeah. And they didn't fully go like force awakens on it either. They, they, they didn't spend so much time on trying to get you to remember the original as much as letting it be, be its own thing. Mm-hmm. I think I think one of the, the things that makes this Blade Runner work so well is like the characters are so well rounded and they have such great arcs, you know, each and every one of them. You feel very differently about Batista, even though he you only he's only in that first scene. You feel very different about his character by the end of that film. And then when Kay makes his decision and there's all this stuff about him trying to f- seek out his own soul or find his humanity, being a replicant, but knowing he's advanced, you know, that. And spoiler, they have, uh, for for a minute, he thinks he's he may actually be the first 
replicant born from Rachel, not knowing mm-hmm. who Rachel is at the time, thinking that he's essentially Harrison Ford's son. But when when they find that out and that it was just some flubbed records, it really blows his mind. So by the, the end, when he makes that decision to help Harrison Ford, it, beco- it becomes the thing that makes him human. And I'm just like, yeah. whoa, man, like they really, yeah. you know, it wasn't, again, it wasn't just like Tron Legacy. It wasn't just like fluff. It wasn't just cool visuals. Like everything had a purpose and it really meant something. Like after I got out of there, I was like, fuck, man, yes. And I drove home all fucking fast. Like I was in my my own fucking Peugeot flying car. <laughs> it was, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to, um, oh, did you have something else to say? No, I was just breathing. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm just going to talk about the uh, old, the old bait and switch, which uh, I feel yeah. like it was like pretty like to the, yeah. like, I mean, I think they pretty well, like we're like, yep. Ryan Gosling is Harrison Ford's child. Kate right. is right. his kid and Rachel's kid, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh man, that's like, that's kind of, that's kind of, I don't like it. It's, it's too good, easy. But it's kind of, yeah, it's too obvious, too easy. And I mean, like going once I figured it out, and this was like probably like in like you know I don't know like forty minutes in, you know closing in on the hour mark or something, you know, and I was like, ah, I mean, I feel like this is too early. Like, where's this gonna go? I mean, he wants to meet his dad, so that's cool. I get that, you know. Um, so I was like, okay, this is like a father son journey. Okay, I can get behind that. That's cool. Like, um, and then when it's revealed that he is not, and I agree with you, uh, there, yeah. one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he's talking to the uh, memory maker, yeah. Uh, which spoiler ends up being Deckard's daughter. Yeah, um, but she was great too. Yeah, she was so good. Uh, but when he does that, he's like, "God damn it!" Like that yeah. fucking like, freak out scene. I was like, "Oh shit." Yeah. I feel like Brian Gosling just got some really bad news on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, he really, he really embodied this. Like, he was so believable as this, because you, you knew he was an android right from the beginning, but you felt how human he was and how much he like pushed for it, how much he really wanted it without saying it, you know. And it's kind of that similar like kind of privateness that Deckard had in the first movie. So you get a little bit of that reminiscence of character, but their paths are so different. Um, yeah. I feel like, I feel like Deckard had that. He was kind of caged off until he met Rachel and, and, and Kay was really caged off until he was put on this path, you know, and it makes it just like, it made the first one even better to me. And, mm-hmm. and oh, what was I gonna, what else was I going to say about that? But um, it was, uh, you know, the, the idea that like this Android needs, like a, he's like, he loves his hologram joy, even though anybody could have one. He really loved her. That was all he really had, uh-huh. you know, and that emanator and stuff. And I'm like, this isn't just like American boy, American girl trying to get on in the tough world. This is fucking an Android and, and his hologram girlfriend trying to cope with the small issues of being able to take one another together and running out of battery or getting the device smashed, you know, like that was like, it made, it made dropping your fucking iPhone even worse, you know, cause that's your, your that's your, your whole like treasure trove of affection and self-awareness, you know? And yeah, if that a lot that stuff really said, you know, that, that emanator thing really said a lot about our, our, are kind of growing dependency on our on our smart devices and shit. Are you playing yeah. ping pong in the background? No, it's raining really hard back here. Oh, so. nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's raining over here too. Maybe we can catch like a surround effect. <laughs> yeah, because we were talking about Blade Runner. It fucking rains there all the fucking time. Uh, it sounds like you're trying to dig your way out of prison with a spoon. <laughs> Go on. keep. I'm listening. Uh, <laughs> I got you. I just got some work to do. Um, no, man, I totally yeah. agree with uh, yeah. all that. I really like the scene. I, I was watching a review. It was like a guy who does reviews and he just yells a lot during them. They're pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. I forget the guy's name, but he was talking about like the robot sex scene. So I was like, the whole time I was going in this movie, I was like, all right, I'm ready for this robot sex scene. Yeah. And I don't feel like it was anything that 
big of it like there was not even a sex scene it wasn't. again it was like really compelling idea like when she, when the hologram went over the actual physical woman i was like man that's fucking trippy as hell yeah like when they would like be off a little bit you know yeah i loved that scene a lot actually that was cool you know what it really made me like um fucking ghost in the shell a little bit more you know yeah, I mean, I, I think of Michael Pitt's character. I think of the parts of that movie that worked, and then I see this, and I'm just like, at least I have some of this stuff. And at least Blade Runner 2049 isn't like a shit sequel. Oh yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, there's so much good stuff to like about this movie, and like I'll say it again, like I think it's this movie's, you know, I think it's it's easier to watch than the first Blade Runner. Um, you know, it, it handles visuals and like you know the the kind of stuff that I think people get bored with, like the, the slow walking of Gosling's character. I mean, like I noticed this shit, people like, don't think that I'm just like, yeah. you know, like I get why people will have a hard time watching this movie, but yeah. you know, for me, it was like, you know, like handled That's by long. a genius, you know? Yeah, totally. Like I, I feel like everything was well balanced. You know, I thought yeah. the action was believable and not out of yeah. question. And there was uh, enough of it. That last fight scene was great, man. Yeah, them no, fighting no. in that, that, submerging fucking Lexus fl- flying car, whatever it was that limo. And like the, I, the thing I like is that like the replicants aren't like yeah. indestructible. They're not like, yeah. you know, um, I don't know. I just, you know, I feel like people think, Oh, it's a, you know, it's a robot that's like based off of us, but they bleed and they die. And yeah. they, I love actually, uh, sorry to cut you, but no, I, I loved, we haven't mentioned her yet as a uh, Freda. Oh yeah, the, the uh, Wallace's second in command, like badass ninja android hunter, yeah. and she thinking she duped Kay, and he was just so clever for you know he was like his soul was inching its way out of his robot brain, you know what I mean, throughout the whole movie, and then when they went to fight, it was brutal, it was good, it was mm-hmm. emotional. She was at first, I was like, whoa, she's really like striking, kind of stark. Like I was like, I don't like her, but then at the end of the movie, I was like, this is this this entity is so beautiful the representation she had that sean young kind of haircut going so there was a lot of like strange role reversal kind of like imagery they like really the details the devil's in the details with this one well the thing i liked about her too is is like you kind of felt for her because she would cry after these pivotal moments Mm -hmm. um and you know like you know she is uh you know her maker is wallace and she has to follow him because we don't know her her definite yeah. protocol or like what is and what yeah. isn't and he said something she... about her being like an angel and she's like yeah. the best one you know it's like it's so luciferian and 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 you know yeah the, and, the, uh, the angel that's swept aside i don't know the only thing like I, this isn't a beef i think the movie was handled very well but like when the end scene's happening and he's choking her underwater or he's like yeah. got her throat i really yeah. i would have liked to have seen just a little bit of like maybe their like muscles tensing like you just yeah. see like a structure under there that's not human and yeah. then like his hands and then maybe him like crushing cool. into it and just like a yeah. little bit of just a robotness, like just a little bit. Yeah. That you know, just like, cool. And what you were saying earlier that like, uh, she's very smart and she seems to have the upper hand on Kay, but yeah. I love that Kay is just as equally as smart and equally as strong. And yeah. you kind of see that he might be weaker than her. And you know that's fine because she's fucking badass in this movie. But like, uh, I love when she's like thinks she's gonna get Deckard out, and he just like looks like he just swam there underwater the entire fucking way and pops up out of nowhere and is like, "Oh, I love that." Yeah, it it was almost like a horror movie moment, man. I like jumped. I was like, "Oh fuck, he's there." It made him seem so like inhuman for sure. He just yeah, rise like a shark rise out of water and stuff, and like it was yeah. Go ahead. I think that's what like uh, she did so well to play the uh, the yeah. roboticness. Whereas I think Gosling played the balance because you're supposed to believe that he was yeah. human slash robot. Yeah. He was yeah. like what she wanted to be. Yeah, but she had this mission, you know. And I really think there's always stuff. that. I think there's always that misconception between like you know he thinks he's the the one, you know, yeah. the child, and I think she starts to believe that. But then at some point they like you know. Gosling you, is yeah. told that he's not, and he has to face that realization. It and then I think the she realizes, like I think when he's like strangling her, I think that's when she realizes that she's been a, she went about this all wrong. That maybe the different approach would not have been following Kay and Deckard, but trying a different approach because this has ultimately led to her death. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you know, I I think everyone's so expressive, and there's not a like I mean, there's yeah. not a shit ton of dialogue in this movie, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I like, yeah, I really like how what's her what's her name, the young lady who's crushable. The, um, oh, Mackenzie Phillips. Mackenzie Phillips. Yeah, I, I really like how her character ended up being like having a little arc of her own. You know, it wasn't just mm -hmm. about like betting this replicant so much as it was an it was part of her agenda and what she was connected to. And ultimately, one, the one of the things that enlightened Kay to his new purpose. You know, his his unique purpose. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I, I think this is a well-rounded movie. I thought it was very thought out. I don't think this yeah. director, I don't think Ryan Gosling, I don't think Harrison, I don't think anyone involved would have made a shitty movie. If it yeah. wasn't going to be a good Blade Runner movie, they wouldn't have made it. Yeah. Um, and I want that with all of my films. That, I mean, I want that with all films, you know? I mean, yeah. but I love that I can go see a sequel to something that no one really asked for or ever wanted and yeah. it'd be such a success. And yeah, I think... Yeah fans of the original um are very pleased and that's nice to know um yeah but yeah man i just i mean overall i just thought it was fucking gorgeous yeah. and excellent it's a shame it didn't seem to do quite as well this weekend in the box office but hopefully word of mouth um gets out there and people go and watch it because like out of all the fucking shit you could watch this is yeah. in the theater now man and it's it's yeah. long but it's so worth it i mean it's sad. I, I like. I hate that this happens, but I kind of sometimes I like. I like but that I have these little smart people. We're fucking outcasts to the rest of the world. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I just I, you know, I like that I can have little gems that I go see in the theater that don't do, that don't do well money wise, but like is yeah. critically, you know, it's like critics are like, you got to see this shit, and it's like I know I watch good shit, you yeah. know, um, but. It's sad, man. Like this, these are the movies we want people to go see to like have these questions. And I mean, not not you know, you did make a joke, but not to say that any of us are yeah. smarter than others. But this is a <laughs> this is this this is not an easy. Yeah. Like you can go watch this film and you won't like it because it's not action packed. And I get it. There are people yeah. out there like that who just want to escape and watch action movies. I got yeah. no fault for you. I wish I could do that still. But it's I a movie, it's a movie buff kind of film, you know. Yeah. Conversation yeah. kind of piece. And, and honestly, for someone who watches a lot of film, who takes in a lot of yeah. filmmaking, it's nice to have a film that like I don't like. It's just nice to be like, okay, this is for me. I get it. And that's the way I think like a lot of this stuff should be handled. I think this is the way book adaptions should be handled. Not to market it to everyone, market it yeah. to the fans. Yeah. Like no, not everyone's going to go see fucking Blade yeah. Runner. I knew that Every, as soon as they fucking yeah. made this movie. Everything's so niche nowadays anyway. Like take risks. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the. I think we're going to see a lot more of that, and I and you know, I don't think Blade Runner is going to be the one to break the mold with, the, um, you know, because it's not doing well. But I think I, I hope we get to see like with this Blade Runner, you know, being critically well received but not making yeah. a lot of money. I hope that you know maybe we get this kind of people start thinking like, yeah, let's just make good movies again. <laughs> right. Yeah. But. I don't know. I, I'm sad. It's not making a lot of money. I wish it would. You know, I think we all do. Anytime we see a really good movie yeah. that kind of, you know, kicks us out of our mundane, like <laughs> Ridley Scott's probably like, I should have fucking directed it. <laughs> I, yeah, honestly, it probably would have made more money. I think it would have. Weren't enough ditties. No, I'm just kidding. And you know, and there would have been a lot more action in it for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think I it's well balanced. Yeah, and I thought, and I think uh, half the like. I think there would have been a lot of, I feel like this is a well-rounded movie that still leaves questions, but you can kind of connect those dots if you want to. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's a night, like if we don't ever get another Blade Runner movie, it's wrapped up nice enough. Like just to go back yeah. to the way the movie ends with Deckard putting his hand on the, yeah, with his daughter, it's just like, that's all you need. You don't need a conversation. Oh, they, 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 they almost pulled the force that. awakens on it. I was just thinking yeah. about this, like just staring into the eyes of his daughter and his daughter staring back at him. Yeah. 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 Totally. I would love for them to investigate her though. Like, is she really like immune deprived because she is a replicant? Like, is that an issue or did they yeah. tell her that to keep her safe? Keep her pure or something. Or yeah. Keep her, yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, she's like the MacGuffin kind of through the movie uh -huh. and um, you know, it would, it would seem like the only person who probably could protect her is the one person who felt he needed to leave her. Yeah. You know, and so that finally at the end, and again, like, you know, thinking back on the very first scene, you know, everything that Batista, even though Batista died in a gruesome way, you know, he couldn't live the life that he wanted to, his mission was successful. 
uh-huh. through yeah. 3K, you know, I'm like, oh, so, you know, so good. Like, Batista really set the thing off really well, I, or that, that scene, you know, it was just so good. Dude, I, like, totally agree. I thought it was just going to be a character. They're like, oh, let's put someone in there that we can get people to go see this movie. That's, like, what I thought. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I was like, oh, he's good. He's in Guardians. People like him. And he's got range, he, man. He's, like, no, he's dude. Fucking, he smokes the rock, I'm telling you. Did you um, did you uh, see his interview? Like it was on some channel. They were like asking what like Blade Runner meant to him, or like what he gathered uh, from being in the film. And it's like you get all these good responses, and like Harrison Ford has a really good one. And yeah. then it gets to him, and he's just like he just lays out like what a replicant is, yeah. and just like what we basically what we just fucking talked about about a soul and like what it yeah. means to be human. And I was like, fuck Batista, God yeah, damn, yeah. I'm a fan. I'm yeah. a fan. You just made me he's, a fucking fan. He's well known. My brother watches um a lot of wrestling, so he was he was there through Batista's like rise and ring yeah. and now into his acting. But he's pretty um he's pretty well known for his like intelligence or his you know his, scho- his scholarly kind of like approach to things. And it's 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 made him like like I didn't really even he was in a blip on my radar as a wrestler. I had not watched wrestling for a while, but then as he started to get into movies, I was like, oh, this guy, whatever. Like he was in that RZA movie, um, mm-hmm. Man with the Iron Fists. Yeah, um, and I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, they got wrestler guys in there, but then he he's going on to do all these really versatile roles and stuff. Like if anybody should be cast as fucking Mister Captain Fantastic, what's the name? Captain Marvel um, from DC's Shazam, all that. If anybody should be Shazam, it should be fucking Batista. I agree. There's like some movie, like it's a post-apocalyptic, like uh, they're trying to escape a city movie and he's in it. And I was like, oh, that looks all right. And I'm going to watch it now because he's fucking in it. Because I want to see him do something smaller that maybe he gets a little more range in. But dude, I just like, like I said, I thought, I thought that he was just going to be a throwaway character. And then yeah. like one K gets the information that it was all planned this way, that he let him kill yeah. him. Yeah. And I was just like, ah, dude, this is good. This Pivotal. is a good fucking movie. Yeah. I love I, my favorite thing. I mean, this is what you should get with all movies that all things come together. Like yeah. I like when a movie self contains itself, but leaves enough questions that like, if possible, if you wanted to make a sequel, you can, you know? Yeah. And I think that's my biggest beef with like Prometheus and alien coven is like, you're, I think if you go into a movie saying you're going to make a franchise, that's your biggest downfall, you know? And like, we knew we were going to get a guardians volume two, but I don't think James Gunn went into guardians one thinking I'm going to get a sequel. I think the best thing a director can do, and I'm not a director. I don't know this shit. I'm just talking out of my ass right now. I'll just draw pictures. (laughs) That's all I like to do. But I think if you go into a film going, this is my only chance to make this good and do a solid effort at this franchise or comic book or novel. Yeah you have to go in with that because then you're just going to have the best outcome. You know, you're trying to pack as much as you can, not give out too much information just in case, but yeah. enough to make a solid fucking well-rounded movie that, yeah. you know, just like people can like or cannot like, or does well or does not do well. But, you know, and that's what I think when you watch the guy who did Blade, uh, Blade Runner 249, Arrival, Prisoners, yeah. Sicario, you know, yeah. all this guy's films, I think are like self-contained great. Yeah, but they he leaves a nut like I mean, I've tried to write some scripts and stuff. And I think as a script, like when you try to write a script and you're like developing characters, you make the characters where they have a backstory. I don't need that backstory as a viewer because I'm watching this single moment of their life. You know who they are and where they know who they are or they have like one of my favorite just side tangent. One of my favorite films of his is Prisoners with Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal. And Jake Gyllenhaal's character is like Detective Loki, but he has all these like gang tattoos on him, but he works in this small town and Uh, he's trying to solve this missing kids case. Why does he have those tattoos? Was he undercover? They never tell you, but he has a weird tick. Like he like twitches his eye or something. It's like, was he doing drugs before then to like infiltrate? And he has to go to this smaller kind of like detect, be a detective. Cole. Yeah, like basically, and I thought that was so fucking cool. And like, I wanted, to, I want to see that character not in a pre, not in like a, not in like an origin story of like Detective Loki, but another film yeah. directed by this guy, but he's solving a different case, maybe in a different yeah. town, but same. Like, I love that shit, man. I love when you can cross characters, but that's a little side tangent. But that's just For like sure. the like, you know, I, I felt like 
at no point during Blade Runner was I was like, this is K, this is his background, this is who, like, you know, this is what he did before this, and blah, blah, blah. It's just like you're thrown in. And the first time you see him is like he's trying to retire, which means kill in the Blade Runner universe, Saffir yeah. Morgan, which I think is a great, you know, I'll say it again, man. I don't need the backstory. Just throw me in the fucking movie. I'll figure it out. I'm pretty smart, dude. So, but yeah, yeah man, I fucking, I thought Blade Runner was great, man. I loved every yeah. second of it. Me I did too. have to pee once during it, though, so I know I missed something. But uh, I was lucky; I didn't have to pee this time, which is crazy because it was a two and a half hour, <laughs> two <laughs> three hour movie. Oh, yeah, but um, I was chilling, man. I was really enjoying it. There, I I went early. I go on my days off. I'll go to like a movie if it comes out on Friday. I'll go early. There won't be anybody in there, and it'll be cheaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get. I went and saw it at 12 and I got like the, cause I do the Cinemark connections thing. I'm like, yeah. Oh, do you have the connections? I was like, yeah. Cause it was going to be eight bucks. I was like, whatever. And they're like six seventy four, And I was like, that's a fucking cheap ass movie, man. Yeah. I thought XD the cheaper price. You don't get the free bobble or the free pop figure that they were giving out. Yeah. I was gonna, I was going to pre-order, but I did not. Yeah. Cause I was like, if, if you bought like the prime time, like block yeah. tickets, then you get one or whatever. So, I mean, it's There's, cool. I, I like, like that. Yeah, it's like that. But then you had to. I also read that you had to pay like five ninety five shipping, which is like pretty cheap for a pop figure. Yeah, but I was yeah, like, they're hey. not doing you many favors, though. <laughs> no, it's like, and I didn't really care for him either. Like, I was like, uh, Jared Leto's character looks good, and then I like the Sapper Morgan with the the helmet he has on in the beginning. Yeah, I thought that looked pretty cool. But I was like, I don't know. It's like. Cause I thought I might see it with someone. Someone was kind of interested to go. And then they like backed out, not last minute. They just had other plans and they didn't know if they were going to go through or not, but eh, you know, whatever they're all out. They're all at hot topic now, except for the Sapper Morgan yeah. with the helmet on. But you know, yeah. I can get a K I might get a Ryan Gosling. I might need a, a, Ryan a, a K would be nice. Yeah. I, you know, I was really, I really hope like NECA or somebody puts figures out. Oh, Cause yeah. I would get K I'd get a couple of them. Yeah, I would definitely like, uh, yeah, I think a cool like Jared Leto Wallace would be pretty dope. I like the pop figure because the way they painted the eyes look like his eyes in it. Apparently, yeah. he partially blinded himself for that. I don't know what that meant. I didn't read it. Who did? But, uh, Jared Leto. I think he put in context that like partially blinded him. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's what I was reading too. Like the director said he was like, he was like messianic when he stepped on the stage and everybody's quiet or whatever. It's like, yeah. All right, that's cool. Whatever. Like, Jared, I, mean, I, I I do appreciate when people go go for their characters the way that they need to, you know. And like, uh-huh. no, I I agree. I like. I mean, if it makes you make a have a good performance, then do whatever you got to do, man. I mean, this is what you get paid yeah. to do. I'm not going to tell you how to do your fucking job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? That's why people order only a bowl full of like orange M and M's. They're like, there's there's one green in there. I got to fucking talk to the producers. I mean, I mean, Jared Leto could walk off set if he didn't have all orange M and M's. That's not true. I don't know anything about his M and M preference. So, yeah. What you let me ask you a question? What did you think of the CG during uh, the like Sean Young, uh, Rachel clone robot scene? I thought it looked dope, man. I didn't see it was anything. Good, right? Yeah. yeah, I thought it looked spot on, and I think it's because they probably just took a steal from the movie, the original yeah. film enhance it a little bit to make it like do certain things. I will say though, the line where he's like, you see Deckard just like reminiscing about everything they went through, through Harrison Ford's facial features and like eye movements. And then he walks away and you're like, Oh man, that's gotta be hard. And he goes, she had green eyes. I was like, Oh, you're a fucking badass. He's a badass dude. She had green eyes. He's a fucking, I mean, I was, he was really great in this. He wasn't in it so, so much, but just enough, especially that scene was really meaty. Considering yeah. he didn't do much in uh, Ender's Game, I remember that was kind of when he was popping back up, mm-hmm. and and he was great in Force Awakens. But there was so much, you know, it was so probably his performance was so contingent on what the plan was going to be, mm-hmm. and so you know he just had to roll with it. But I like this; it gave him some chops, and you know he was Deckard again. He was still there. He was just he was in the same place he left, basically. Yeah, you know I mean- <laughs> and. That's great. The dog, the great, I love his dog so much. Yeah. Uh, the great thing about Harrison Ford is, is that he's cultivated these characters. Han Solo, Indiana Jones, Decker. Yeah. And they all act differently. Yeah. But they're all yeah. uniquely Harrison Ford. 
Yeah. So he can step into these characters because he is these characters. Like if you recast Indiana Jones, it's not going to be good. You know, if you yeah. recasted like an older Han Solo, I mean like young Han Solo, I think is going to be fun because we're going to get him in his, pr like when he's young. So yeah. that's fine. I don't yeah. care about that. You know, you know, all I need is a couple of one liners that he says in Star Wars. I'll have a great time, but it's like, you can never recast Deckard. Yeah. You can't recast like older Han Solo. You can't recast Indiana Jones. Yeah. And I think that's like the, you know, the staying power of Harrison Ford, who, you know, I'm sure some actors or people who like good performances probably don't put Harrison Ford up there with great performances. Yeah. But, you know, like I think that, and I would even say his two, his two films where he plays Jack Ryan are my two favorite, like Tom Clancy, yeah. Jack Ryan's of all the Jack Ryan's I've yeah. seen. And yeah, I feel like he's just Jack playing Ryan. Harrison Ford, you know? Yeah. So, um, but I mean, that's great. I, I like that he can kind of transcend and do sci-fi, do these action adventure movies, do these political yeah. dramas, do, you know, so, good you know, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not easy. Yeah. You know, I mean, I like Harrison Ford. It was great. And, you know, you always get nervous think, when older people I, come back to play their yeah. roles. I think we all secretly wish that he was, our 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 father or or relation you know like yeah, yeah. with yeah. ray ray and k and kylo ren you know <laughs> I, I understand i get it you know like it's yeah, yeah i don't know <laughs> no i just i think everyone throughout that entire fucking movie was just spot on they did their jobs they clocked in and then they clocked out and it was great you know yeah yeah. Um, I felt like it was like from, you know, opening scene, this was a thought out film, even with like all the stuff you had to read at the beginning. It was like, let's get everyone caught up. You know, yeah. I didn't need it. I've seen the movie. I know what I was getting into, but you know, it wasn't too much in your face. And I think that was the only thing that was in your face was just telling you the history of like replicants and blade runners real quick. And then it like kind of didn't touch on it, you know, except for like, you know, Deckard being like, I had your job once. And it's like, oh, that line was so good in the fucking trailer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I love it. Oh, dude, so good. I love all the booby traps. Yeah. He set around the hotel. The dog was great. <laughs> that's cool. That actually, that's the fight scene with the, the Elvis projection, the hologram and stuff like yeah. that was really unnerving. I thought really stylistically so fucking cool. Cause you just get these disjointed old memories of, of songs, you know, and it's just like, or, or of the song. Yeah. And and that fight scene was just so intense, you know. It wasn't so much the entertainment factor; it was like the bombardment, the sensory bombardment that was going on, and trying to make sense of it all. Mm -hmm. And it was just scary for both characters, you know. You have this this older man, but he's fighting the most advanced machine. Like, why wouldn't he be trying to kill him? You know, it's like it was awesome. Great, fight yeah. Scene. Uh, the, apparently, like that's the, the there's that photo going around where Ryan Gosling actually gets punched by Harrison Ford because of all yeah, the yeah. the strobes and yeah he's an old man you can't that's cool you know. that's fucking awesome I'd love to take a punch from Harrison Ford yeah I feel like uh, I, I feel like everyone uh, Ryan Gosling and Harrison they handled it well and you know yeah, I mean sure. it could it could have been like a big like oh right Ryan Gosling's very upset and blah 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 and they're mad at each other but yeah you know I mean it's good stuff man go if you're listening to this here review um go watch Blade Runner I mean we pretty much spoiled the whole movie so <laughs> hopefully either that doesn't matter to you or you're gonna hold off watch the movie then listen to the review um you know that's good stuff. I like listening to reviews after I see a movie. If I'm yeah. like, was that as good as I thought it was? Yeah. Well, I like to hear other people's perspective because I'm like, oh, I didn't really think about it that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I love, I think reviews are great. Um, yeah, good reviews are. When people are too overly critical, I think we do a good job of not like shitting on things just for sake of learning. Like, and actually in this frame, it wasn't, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> nah, I mean, I, I think that's kind of like, I mean, I think we can get that way. <laughs> like uh, yeah, the previous one, we were talking about Justice League trailer. I kind of went off on a tangent, but, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think generally, you know, we let a lot of stuff slide that we could nitpick. Um, yeah. It's not really worth it. I think, overall feelings and you know if you can support that feeling and that you know your excitement for it i think that's enough yeah. and if it, 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 i mean if you want to sit there and pick a movie that's do what you got to do man i got other shit to do i got video games to play yeah. gotta make some artwork from time to time so you know i ain't got time to think about all that intense yeah. shit 
That's it's why nice. there's four of us who do this podcast yeah. generally. Yeah. I was really excited for Blade Runner just because it was like something to go, something worth getting up and going to see. Only, I guess, because I'm a fan of the original, but you know, I was just like, fuck yeah, I'm not missing Blade Runner opening weekend. Yeah. You know, so. No, I mean, I was the same. Like, I remember I like, I was like, wait, they're making a fucking Blade Runner. This isn't going to happen. Then they're like, oh, we're already shooting it. I was like, well, I guess it is fucking happening. Yeah. And then after that first teaser premiere, and I was like, fuck, man, I got to watch Blade Runner again. Then I watched Blade Runner. I was like, I cannot wait to see this fucking movie. Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to answer this question? Is he a replicant? Is he not? Like, what's going to happen? Yeah. And, you know, the excitement that I felt for it, I felt like Superhouse was pretty excited for it. And that was great. And, yeah, this is one of the movies I was looking forward to. I think when we talked about, like, what we're looking forward to most, it's like a lot of comic book movies. And this was one of my picks for sure. Um, I, I don't think there's stylistically... I don't think it looks like anything that's come out this year. Like no way. in, and you know, in like a, you know, in cinemas around the world, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe there's a smaller sci-fi film that looks as cool or pretty, but yeah, I, I haven't seen it yet. So Blade Runner 2049 is what AI should have been. Whew. That's a, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I think they're two different movies, but they are, they the same are, idea. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, when you get down to it, it's all kind of like AI slash, um, you know, Android or, you know, robot movies. It's always kind of similar. They're always looking yeah. to find this humanity or to rid humanity to take over yeah. or, you know, like, or just finding their own, their own, their own path in life and what that means to be living. And yeah, you know, cause I guess, are they really breathing? Does it, if you're breathing, if you're, does it make you human? This is the question that all these sci-fi movies kind of answer anytime you deal with any kind of AI yeah, technology yeah. is like, what makes them sentient? Like, what makes them human? What? Yeah, I like make- how I like how K kind of defined what a soul meant to him, like something mm-hmm. that's born into the world. I've never killed anything bo- that's been born. That the was thing- like, my oh yeah, good. No, the thing I always liked about, uh, well, this movie when they would uh, they would call him like a Skinner or like, you know. Yeah. And like when he was walking through the police station, even though like it's his job to check, check down these older replicants, um, you know, that one guy kind of gives him that like nudge at him, you know, and he puts his head down and yeah, I, I love that. Like, I just wonder how it'll be. I mean, I assume it'll be very similar if that happened like tomorrow, you yeah. know, if they were just like androids walking around that looked very human and you couldn't really tell the difference. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I think about how I would feel because I feel like I'm pretty open minded and, mm-hmm. you know, progressive thinker. But, you know, there's a lot of questions that come with, you know, like, what if you see a replicant with a human? Like, is that going to piss you off? You know, like, I don't know, man. It's like, I, I really like those moments in sci fi films that I think a lot of people like don't pay attention to. Yeah. And, you know, maybe just a general movie going audience doesn't like see because they're, they're there for an escape. They don't really want to think generally, you know? So if they do get, if they do happen to go see this movie, are they thinking about like the co the correlation between that versus like, you know, seeing a black man with a white woman, you know, cause that still bugs people. Yeah. 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 And that's a fucking sad fact that, you know, it's the year we live in and we're, people are still upset about that shit. And, that's why I like sci-fi, man. Sci-fi is yeah. great. <laughs> Dude, it shows you it. It kind of gets you thinking about things you didn't realize you needed to think about. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think a good sci-fi movie does that every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that was our review of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Maddie and I both enjoyed it. Enjoyed it thoroughly. Go see that shit. Um. Uh, or if you have seen it and heard all our spoiler comments, tell get other people to see it who have not uh, had it spoiled yet. I know I'm a big spoiler guy. I don't like spoilers, but anyway, <laughs> that was our review. Thanks for those who did sit around and listen. This is Stefan of the Superhouse Podcast. This is Maddie of the Superhouse Podcast, and we out later. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.